1906 at WCTF Radio. That would be AM 680 and FM 98.5. Be sure to set a button on each of the levels, on the AM level and on the FM level in your automobile, so you can tune in to the Tom Kearney Show and all the other programs on WPTF. We are here, the Tom Kearney Show, every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10, with a little bit of in-real-time radio live as you are listening to it. And we try to bring you programs that uh, entertain and uh, inform. And we hope you will find tonight to, to fall into those categories. You may know that May is what they call Black History Month. They may call it African American History Month. Now, I'm not real sure. But in any event, you, you recognize what's going on there. And we do our bit to honor that and to commemorate it. Uh, and the we is myself and my brother Stephen. He keeps up with the radio and TV and media things, and we are both fans of history. So uh, we uh, try to commemorate Black History Month. Uh, last week we did Blacks in uh, Movies and, uh, and the integration of the movie industry in America, and tonight it's Blacks on television, African Americans on television in the United States. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. He's the brains of the activity, so let's check and see if he's here. Stephen, are you here? I'm here, Tom. Okay, I always, you know, I don't trust this electronic stuff, and I always like to make sure that, in fact, you're there. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking for our audience about, uh, as I said, blacks and their inclusion in the media uh, of the, the United States, and particularly in, in television. Uh, uh, and so we're going to start doing that now, and I'm going to hand you the ball and let you run, and maybe I'll... I'll kibitz a little bit somewhere along the way, and we'll have a conversation at some places. Uh, but uh, I would want our audience to know that we never, we don't rehearse this, and I never know exactly where you're going to start, but uh, it always seems to be an appropriate place. So where are we going back to tonight to talk about blacks in the movies? Well, we're going to start with the show Bueller in 1950, Tom, and I'm going to need a little bit of help from you, maybe a lot, depending on how our audience views this, but the but as you say, you sort of tossed me the ball, and I want to run with it at least a little bit. Uh, Tom, my favorite uh, movie, as you know, is Gone with the Wind. And Hattie uh, McDaniel played uh, Mammy in that movie, and she won uh, an Academy Award, a Best Supporting Actress Award, in that movie. Uh, in 1950, uh, the show Beulah comes on. Now, Beulah has its beginnings, Tom, in something you know well, and that is radio. Right. Been on, exactly. The show Bueller had been on CBS Radio Time from 1945 to 1954. And you might mention here, if, if, if you think this, I don't know if you think this, but I believe that you do, what an important part of, of a transition that, that we make from radio to television because a lot of what we see in television early on are shows that came from radio to television. And there was there was something already there that was popular, and uh, I think uh, Bula may have been the may may have been a kind of a spinoff thing. I know I can't remember uh, the name of uh, uh, the the maid who was black. That was usually the role that you found blacks in was in maids or janitors or or uh, working class people, but. Uh, uh, the uh, they came from uh, uh, 
the one that I was thinking of came from a show that I used to listen to called The Great Gildersleeve, which was actually a spinoff of Fibber McGee and Molly. Television was just, just like radio when it came along. It worked the same way, but they just moved the shows over, and some of them like Buell and the the uh, the uh, Jack Benny show and a few other shows just moved over to, to television. Some of them were adaptable, and some of them were, were not. Uh, they they The people did not uh, look like, uh, well, Gunsmoke was on was on radio, and they moved it to television, but the Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke was William Conrad, and he was short and chunky and not very sexy, and James Arness was six foot four and had John Wayne's recommendation. You get the drift of this, and so they needed well, to change the show a little bit. But, you know, I, I have to quote a line from, from Hattie McDaniel. She was criticized by a lot of... Uh, actors and actresses and, and in, in the, the general community, in the black community, for playing maids. And she said she'd rather play one than be one. And uh, she actually did fairly well in terms of money. And so she uh, she uh, continued to. It's sad that she those were the only roles that were offered to her, but that she, she accepted the ones that she could get. And so... Uh, uh, well, this, uh, your, point, your point is well taken. Yeah, and it's a good segue for me to be able to talk about the show Beulah is about a housekeeper, the aforementioned uh, Beulah, Tom, who becomes the unofficial matriarch of the family that employs her. So she's very important. Again, on CBS Radio from 1945 to 1954, on ABC television, Tom, from 1950 to 1953, she was not, however, the first actress to play Beulah. Well, 
What's interesting about that is two things. If, if may I interject? Of course, of course. Uh, one of the things that's that's going on at the time that this criticism is being made is the civil rights movement is beginning to crank up. Uh, this is about the time that a lot of cases were being brought about the integration of American society, including the integration of schools. And the Brown decision, Brown versus Topeka Board of Education, was handed down in 1954. And uh, that uh, was one of the things that was, in fact, in the air and going on at that time. Well, you uh, can't talk about uh, African-American, black, and motion pictures and television without nodding to what's going on in, in real life, history. In, in society, right, time, exactly. Which is what you're talking about. Because, Tom, the next show that I want to talk about also came from radio, and it was Amos and Andy. Um, Amos and Andy was on from 1951 to 1953. Spencer Williams played Andy, Tom. A man named Tim Moore played the Kingfish. And Alvin Childers played Amos. Uh, Tom, this was a... Uh, also a show that was wildly popular and widely popular among diverse audiences. And what I mean by that is African-American audiences and white audiences both loved this show. It, it came again, Tom, from a radio program. And of note, the radio program, uh, all the voices were, were white people. Right. The, the, both Amos and Andy were played by, by, by two black men, one of them was named Charles Correll. I can't remember the other guy's name, but they had played those roles since 1928, and at one time it was probably the most popular radio program in the United States. All the characters on the program, Tom, however, are the characters are African-American. On radio, they're played by white persons, but when it takes the transition to television, they're now um, played by African-American people. All the persons are named among the guys or African-American people. But Tom, after about 70 uh, odd, odd broadcasts or so, it was taken off the air. And it was due to protests from specific groups, again, such as the NAACP, who alleged that the show engaged in stereotyping. And Tom, afterwards, and, and we got to remember that all the African-American people, Anderson Andy is populated by African-American characters, as you said, played by white people on the radio, but on television, it was played by African-American actors. So it's an all-black sitcom, Tom, but it is taken off the air due to this criticism. And afterwards, Tom, we don't have any all-black sitcoms, meaning all-black performances, are shown in the U.S. until the 1970s. And I don't believe you had many roles for blacks on television other than uh, as uh, helpers, maids, uh, and, and things like that uh, until, uh, well, you're going to get to this. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I think sort of the middle of the 1960s. And I'm going to use that well, for... Uh, may I use that for... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, may I use that for a tease? Because we need to take a break. Yes, okay. you may. I want to mention, I, I think this is a great time. I didn't want to get into it, but I'm going to talk about Matt King Cole for just a minute and something that draws all of, all of this, and that's sponsorship. Yeah, well, you and I talked about it. We'll, we'll talk about I, I was telling Mrs. Kearney what you were going to do tonight, and she said, you know, like me, she, both of us really like Nat King Cole. And uh, he was on TV, and you're going to talk about that when we come back. Is that okay? That's fine, Bob. 
Stephen Kearney is the other voice. I'm Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show on WPTF. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. January, February 23rd. Can you believe that we're that far into 2021 already? Tonight we are talking about uh, the inclusion, slowly but surely, of uh, America's African Americans in the major television operations in the United States. And our authority on the matter is my brother Stephen, who appears with us fairly often. Stephen, are you there? And Are you ready to talk about Nat King Cole? I'm here, Tom, and uh, Nat King Cole uh, has been a performer for many years, Tom, and we're approaching the latter part of the, of the, uh, the decade of the 1950s. And, uh, Tom, he's become the first African-American with a network variety show. But that tr- show had trouble attracting sponsors, and we, we see the problems associated with being right down with the Board of Education, Tom, but... Sometimes we get a court decision before we begin to change the minds of people. And any show that's on television, broadcast television, at that time, because that's what we had, uh, they didn't have sponsors. You know, I mean, Jack Benny had sponsors, and Bob Hope had sponsors. And for whatever reason you might think, Tom, Nat King Cole had trouble attracting sponsors, and it was only on for one year from 1956 to 1957. So, you know, yeah, I remember a right. lot of sta- stations, and I guess, in fact, most all of them in the southern United States, that was the state of racial relations at that time, refused to carry the show, if I remember correctly. That yeah, hampered it, its, its development. Hard, it, it's hard to believe, Tom, even though I think you, you told me a story recently which was an example of this, but sometimes it's hard to believe just how segregated and divided the nation was and what the attitudes of people were as we live here today in, in 2021. Uh, so the Nat King Cole show, he's a tremendous performer. Uh, Ramblin' Rose, you know, I talked about that earlier today. He, I think, is the person who first gave us the Christmas song, Tom. You know, the Chestnuts Roasting song? Yeah, uh, well, he had songs like, another song like Unforgettable, the song that and his daughter recorded with him. After, long after he passed away, they were able to to uh, to put two, two tapes together. And, and he was just a very well recognized and, and a person that was liked by a lot of people. But it uh, it was a long time ago. It was in the 1950s, and, and the civil rights movement and the question of segregated society was just beginning to really be under fire at this time. So that's going to be a part of American history from then until now. So, Tom, I'm going to take you next to 1965, and I'll just make note, Tom, that in 1965, the movie Chuck Ballou came out, and the minstrel singers who kind of take you through that movie were Stubby Day and Matt King Cole, Tom. Right. Uh, but in 1965, we get... Uh, uh, courtesy of one Sheridan Leonard as executive producer, a show called I Spy, which stars Walter Culp as a tennis player, ostensibly a, t- a tennis player, named Kelly Robinson, and he has a trainer goes along with him named Alexander Stone, who was played by Bill Cosby, and this is the first sustained role for a, a male, uh, first lead role for a male African American actor. And that's Robert Culp and uh, Bill Cosby and I Spy Thomas was on for three years from 
Stephen Kearney is our guest, and uh, he is helping us review uh, the uh, history of the gradual inclusion uh, of blacks in the American television industry, which had been all white. Uh, there did develop, Stephen, I think, uh, I think we, we talked about this sometime recently, a kind of a parallel uh, industry with black movies, but it was kind of like Major League Baseball in, in the United States and the, and the Negro Leagues, and so it was, uh, and uh, gradually the uh, strictures broke down, broke down, and uh, the, some of the major stars of, of the black movie industry became included in the, in the white industry, and gradually uh, it has been integrated more and more, although there continue to be uh, rumblings of discontent with the fact that it's an all-white industry and it includes uh, questions about blacks and uh, about Latinos and other nationalities. Did I do all right on that? Sounds great, Tom. Okay, now uh, it's your, your time. Okay, we left in the 1970s, and in the 1970s we began to see the effects of, of efforts made in the 60s to change things and man named Norman Lear comes along and helps that along greatly. Uh, we get television shows in the 1970s that began to show uh, all African-American cast again. We have not had one since the Angel Fernandez years. We talked about how that was taken off the air due to criticism about stereotyping. The time in the 1970s we get these shows, which are famous, uh, Good Times, featuring John Amos and Esther Wall. Stanford and Son, Red Fox, and DeMond Wilson. We got What's Happening, The Jefferson. Uh, all these shows come on in the 70s, and they, they show a different side of life to the television view, and they're all very popular. The Jefferson was on, I think, 11 years. Tom Stanford and Son was on for about five. We went off primarily because I think that they just, the, the actors decided to do something else. Uh, good time shows Tom the... Uh, the, uh, more, uh, the underprivileged side of life, if you will, uh, in the ghettos of Chicago. Um, these are sitcoms, Tom, but once again, they, they came under criticism, these shows. This time, these shows were criticized for fostering an image of segregation and helping to perpetuate a belief that the black and white cultures are so different that integration was uh, not going to be possible. And it kind of makes you wonder, is there anything that could be done that was not going to engender uh, criticism? But these are shows, Tom, which I consider to be legendary. You and I have been talking about them almost years. Well, you know, something that I, the, the major thing that I remember, well, I think it was Good Times, that John Amos, didn't, wasn't that the guy's name who was on there, played John, the father? John Amos, yes. And I think he was ultimately left the show because he was a little unhappy because he... He wanted the show to be a serious reconsideration of the the lot of that particular socioeconomic class in American society and racial society. And the presence of Jimmy, uh, oh, what was his name? Dynamite. Jimmy J.J. Yeah. Uh, Walker, known for saying Dynamite. Right. Uh, he thought he was... More, the, ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, he became more clownish, Tom. And, uh, he was clownish. Not as Mr. Anderson. We both liked a great deal. Um, he, uh, he, as you said, he envisioned a more serious look. With comedic elements, of course, because it was a sitcom, but he envisioned a, uh, a, a more serious look at the way life was. 
we run the risk at that point of, of making a part of what Mr. Amos considered to be very serious. Well, so I don't know what, at what point. I'm sure you're going to consider the movie that he was one of the. It had many, many stars in it, but he was one of the stars. And I was thinking well, about this movie just this afternoon, and that's the movie Roots. I'm sure you're going to talk about it at some point. Well, we'll I'll be going to it next. The aforementioned John Amos, Tom, has played an important role in uh, what is inherited as one of the greatest achievements of American television. And that is the miniseries Roots that was on during the uh, month of January in 1977. It came on January 23rd of 
uh, on the same uh, next to each other on the same night. But Leonard has a new book about the the understanding and the explanation of the Appalachian Trail, which is a very popular place to walk these days. So those are Wednesday and Thursday night. Friday night will be Friday night trivia. By the way, we're having programs about going hiking because we hope if the progress against the coronavirus continues that there will be a time again when we can do that. And uh, uh, Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight. We've got a quarter of the program left, and we've been talking about blacks in America and their inclusion in American television gradually over time, particularly since the 1950s. Where do we go from here, Stephen? Well, Tom, we moved to the 1990s when, in addition to the four major networks, we get to to a network, if you will, onto a smaller network, the WB and the UPN, and each of these networks, in uh, wanting to attract an audience, coveted the African American or urban audience. We got shows like Martin, Living Single, Family Matters, because it was an ABC show, Marisha, Sister Sister. Uh, Tom, again, Martin is an extremely funny show. I actually really enjoyed watching that one. Uh, but again, this was two, and it was on, uh, uh, I believe, UPN. But uh, it, it, it again, Tom, is where uh, two new networks came in, and they're trying to establish an audience for their web. Uh, we've been talking a lot about sitcoms tonight, Tom. From 1997 to 2001, the number of African American sitcoms on U.S. television declined from 15 to 6, as white viewership declined. Uh, sort of overall time, and that uh, decline, and you, I'm sure you know have some incidents, that decline in white viewership is generally continuing to this day. People are simply doing other things and watching television. I was made aware of that. Uh, if I didn't know recently, I read an article, part of one, about about, about Chuck Lorre, and as, as the last practitioner of the sitcom trade, so to speak, you know, the person who develops programs along that line, and I think, uh, what was it, Dharma and, and Greg and several other shows, that Two and a Half Men and so on were programs that, uh, and uh, what's his name, the the uh, the one with Shelton and... and, and uh, the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Why do I draw a blank on that? Because that's been one of the more popular programs on television, but, television, but it, it disappeared a couple of years ago, and that's not as far as I know, although we've got young Shelton been totally replaced. But what you what you say seems to be the case, and there's much more reliance now on drama and action shows. Well, Tom during the period of time also, a civil rights organization began to accuse networks, and I think they have a good case here, of denying uh, minorities equal opportunity. And they're not just talking about acting, but as part of a broader participation in TV programming. That's in the creative side as well. We get to the 2010s, Tom, and uh, black uh, sitcoms have largely faded away on broadcast networks, but what had happened is that they uh, were beginning to proliferate and be successful on cable, where we get uh, networks such as Black Entertainment Television, I think that's Bob Johnson's uh, network, Disney Channel, CBS, and Tom, Tom Perry is sort of a a first unto himself. Uh, he had a show on uh, called I was on TBS when I saw it called uh, Ty Tyler Perry's House of Pain. And on August 10th, 2012, Tom, that show surpassed the Jeffersons and became the longest 
running skate time with the dynamo African American cat. And Tony is a member of the episode, so you can see that there is still viewership uh, out there for African American shows. There is an effort, a strong effort, for uh, diversification and inclusion of minorities, including African Americans, in the production of various programs to the degree that we now have the shows with them. Until 2020, we had the show Empire, which was a drama show set in New York. Uh, based around the entertainment industry, and a, a Empire Entertainment was a company that uh, did uh, hip hop music and entertainment, and uh, the show was a drama about the interactions between family members and the creation and preparation or the ongoing company. Tom, uh, and and I will say that just over this past uh, 2021, Shonda Rhimes, who's famous. As a creator and producer for Grey's Anatomy and the show Scandal, uh, she has moved to streaming, Tom. So uh, the African American effort is showing up well in streaming, which rhymes with an African American. And she put the show Netflix, on Netflix, the show Bridgerton. And in the show Bridgerton, Tom, we have uh, African American actors interchanging with American, with the, with the white actors. And they play uh, interchangeable parts. Uh, for instance, uh, Queen Charlotte is played by an African American woman. I don't think the real Queen Charlotte of Mecklenburg was an African American, but she is in the uh, show Bridgerton, and nobody has taken any real notice. The lady does the, the job there, does an excellent job portraying that. Tom, I know that I'm about at the end of my time. I want to bring to the attention of all of our listeners there's a lot of material out there you ought to read about this. Uh, we talked about Roots. Tom, I want to remind everybody about the show Soul Train, on from 1971 to 2006. Kind of an African-American uh, American bandstand, Tom. Show in Living Color, and also the late-night show Arsenio Hall, all examples of African-Americans making their real contributions to television. It's funny that, you should, that we should come to this place because uh, I was watching one of the nighttime shows, I think, recently. I kind of pick around among them, and Arsenio Hall was, was on that particular show that I was watching, and, uh, you know, he, the talk show he had on for a while uh, opposite uh, Jay Leno and and whomever else may have been on was actually a pretty good show. And so, uh, well, um, I thought it was a very good show, and one of the persons who made great use of that show in terms of his appearance was one uh, Bill Clinton, who came on wearing shades uh, uh, and playing a soft it enabled him to catch his young audience and had also young African American audience. And he ended up playing his saxophone there with his with his sunglasses on. Stephen, it's time for us to go. We're right on the edge of uh, committing uh, sin and, and, and using more time than we have. But I want to thank you for being with us tonight. I'm going to give you a call in a couple of minutes after we're off the air and we'll we'll look at our show and see how we did tonight. But I want to thank you for being here tonight and, and covering all this material. Stephen Kearney has been talking tonight about the history of blacks and their gradual integration into and inclusion in the American television industry. And uh, we uh, will come back tomorrow night and talk about the uh, Mountains to the Sea Trail and some hiking in North Carolina. We hope you will join us then.